Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. be a lot of editing that would be a lot of editing so uh nope I, that's inappropriate that's, nope that's inappropriate so, this is a great segue we're live now so this is good so oh if, if you guys didn't know my guest today um this is gonna be a really boring episode so if you guys want to turn it off now go ahead but um i have miss jackie Roberton here she is um I, I knew you from, I think, the Shazy Music Theater yeah, days. Yeah, And then I just, we just run into each other a couple times a year yeah. in and about town. And uh, you're just a fun person. And, it's, and I always say <laughs> oh, that there's not, a, there's not a whole lot you got to do to get on the show. But if you're a cool, fun person, <laughs> then that's usually, usually got a good pass to get on. So It's a good standard. That's, that's good. The sta- standards are low. But yeah. we, we put the bar low and just make sure that people get on. So, uh, Jackie, for people that do not know you, kind of just give us a rundown who you are, what you do, where you came from. And then, uh, and then we'll dive right into it. Uh, it was oh, all the okay. background. Oh, gosh. Okay. So when I was in the third grade, um, no, um, so I work at the YMCA and uh, you and like you said, you and I know each other from uh, Shazy Music Theater days. And uh, yeah, I've, I mean, I've done a lot of theater in a lot of different places. So I get to meet a lot of awesome people like yourself. Um, and uh, and now I, I run the front office at the Y. So wh- where are you from? Local or import? Um, I, I consider myself local because okay. I've been here long enough. It's like a squatter. But my like dad. Well, my dad was uh, in the Air Force, and so we okay. came here. <laughs> excuse me. We came here when the base was open. Okay. And then, uh, so I I grew up my my initial years in Italy, and then he moved here, and then four years later he retired, and I was like, oh, thanks, Dad. We could have retired four years ago in Italy. <laughs> so so mid nineties ish, early nineties. Thank you for that. A little earlier. <laughs> well, you were like four, five years old at the time, right? So. No, no. Uh, I was heading into junior high when we came here. Um, and uh, so it, basically when he retired, we stayed here. Uh, at the time, both of my parents still had jobs on the base. Mm-hmm. So we just decided to stay here. And then I went into um, high school at Plattsburgh High. Okay. So, um, yeah. And so, you know. Except for a couple of brief stints, I've basically been here since. So I consider myself a local. Can you speak? Uh, I was going to speak. Can you speak Italy? Can you speak <laughs> can Italian? You, I can speak Italy. I can. Uh, it's it's faded a lot. Okay, <laughs> but you were fluent. I mean, you must have I, been right. I was. Yes, I was. And and um, you know, over the years of not using it so much, <laughs> like it's it's faded a lot. But I can understand a lot more than I could speak. But okay. yes, I can still speak. Have you it. been back to Italy? Only once, um, and it was. <laughs> That's an interesting story. So, um, <laughs> so it was um, my cousin's wedding. My cousin was getting married in Rome, and it was two months after nine eleven. Ooh. So, um, my my family over there, they had sent us an invite, um, and somehow I'm not really sure how. But my parents failed to tell me <laughs> that the invite had come. So it was just kind of like a, 
a, um, a formality. You know, the family over there was just like, of course you're invited. We know you probably can't make it. And then 9-11 happened and they were like, yeah, you, we realize you definitely can't make it. Well, I didn't find out about the wedding date until uh, a week and a half before the wedding. And I have this like core love of Italy. Like that's my true home, if I could ever call one. Um, and so when I found out that his wedding was in Rome, uh, I freaked and I was like, I have to go to the wedding. I have to go. I have to go. So my mom, my mom is a goddess and she like scoured sites and she and my sister were like scouring sites and she was, she used to be a, a travel agent. And so she contacted like her old friends to see if they could find any deals. Of course, tickets were dirt cheap because it was right after 9-11 so I got a round trip ticket from Albany, no stops, from Albany to Rome for $400. Oh, <laughs> you could afford to come back and get your toothbrush if you forgot it. I was like, yeah, okay. Seriously. And I left work. I took a half day on Thursday, left work, drove to Albany, flew out, landed their time Friday morning. Spent the day with my family. They were like showing me around. Saturday was the wedding. Sunday morning, like 10 a.m., I left there, came back, went to work Monday morning. Nobody at work knew that I had gone because I had only taken the one day off. Wow. Nobody knew. And so they were like, so how's your weekend? And I was like, mm, I went to Rome. <laughs> New York? <laughs> they, yeah, that's exactly what they said. They were like, oh, okay. And so that's Rome, New York. And I was like, no. <laughs> Italian. I went to Italy. And they were like, for the weekend? <laughs> But it was crazy. It was crazy, and it was it, it was so awesome. And of course, I got to see. And the family that I that I saw there, at the time, I hadn't seen them in, I think it had been like eleven years or twelve years, something like that. And so, of course, it was a reunion of. Yeah. But here was the kicker, because um, they my my family who did not live in Rome was in Rome for the wedding. When we had finally found the ticket, which was like three days before I left, we couldn't contact anyone. So nobody knew that I was coming. <laughs> really? Did you know where you were going? All though? I had was the address on the wedding invitation, which was the, the bride's family's address, the bride who I had never met because the groom was my cousin. And so we, that was all I had. So my plan was to get off of the airplane and go to a cab and be like, take me here. So, what, so what I didn't know was in the air, while I was literally in the air, my family was finally able to get a hold of, uh, or my mother was finally able to get a hold of my family in Italy and let them know. So, I, so once you get off the plane, you automatically go onto this train. We were in Fiumicino, and and you t it t the train takes you to the center of Rome, basically. And so I get off the train, still thinking that they don't know I'm coming, still thinking that I have to get into a cab. And so I get off the train, and I'm walking down the the track, you know, not the track, <laughs> but I'm walking down the platform, and this guy passes me, and mind you, I hadn't seen my family in like you know well over a decade, and this guy passes me, and I was like, wow, he looks really familiar. Uncle Polino! <laughs> and so I, like, I called to him, and he comes running over, and my cousin's Was he there, there to pick you up? Yeah. Okay. Because I didn't know that my mother had finally contacted them to let them know that I was coming while I was in the air. 
Uh, this was before cell phones. So. This is also before Facebook. I mean, you talk yes. about like dialing. You're dialing like 15 numbers to get across the Atlantic. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah. So I and it was just it was just a whirlwind of a weekend, and it was one of the best things that I've ever done in my life. So, I, I, anytime you have a trip or anytime you do something, and it's like spur of the moment, those are always the best trips. Mm-hmm. Because the expectation level is zero. Exactly. And it's like, as long as I just like do something, it's a win. As long as I show up and I'm alive when I come back, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. And I, like, because so, I've, I've always found like when you you plan too much, you really set yourself up for failure because you're oh, trying yeah. to like, like, oh, we got a trip going. We got, we're doing this. Absolutely. We're doing that. We're doing this. And all of a sudden you're like, yeah, well, that like adventure thing on the trip was, you know, we were looking forward to it. It wasn't as good as we thought it would be. Where if you just like showed up and like, Hey, you want a free ticket to go do this? You're like, yeah, yeah. What the hell? Let yeah, me try it. absolutely. So, um, yes, I couldn't imagine traveling like that back in the day because now we're so reliant on cell phones where yeah. you just like, you know, like MapQuest, like you yep. put like MapQuest on and, and the thing with MapQuest, now you get GPS. Like I make wrong turns all the time. Then it just recalculates. Like then it's like, shoot, I got to get back to Route 29 to get onto. Yep. And yep. then and then it's like you missed the exit. Okay, well yeah. now you're screwed. Now you can just scramble that paper up and throw it out. And yeah. You're asking yeah. some crazy post driver or postman like, <laughs> where to go. Um, so Italy. Um, where did you grow up in Italy? Was it Rome um, or no? Part uh, part of the time we were down. Uh, it's kind of like the heel of the boot in San Vito. And then the other part, we were in Abiano, which is in the northeast. Oh, so you moved around quite a bit. Um, I mean, like yeah. distance-wise, geography. like. Oh, Italy. yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think, I, I mean, I was really little, so I don't remember it. But I think for like eight or nine months between those two places, we went to Oklahoma. <laughs> like like USA, Oklahoma. Oklahoma? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I was, you know, I was little and so I don't remember that. Um, but we went to Oklahoma and it was, I remember it being like a really short amount of time, like a matter of months. Um, and then we went back to Italy and we were, then that's when we went to Oklahoma. So your father was stationed in Oklahoma? My fa- yeah. My father was the, was in the air force. Yeah. So, so he got transferred to Oklahoma, you, you think? Oh no. I know that we were there. Okay. I just don't remember exactly how long we were there, but I know it was a short amount of time. Um, um and then, so we went from San Vito to there and then from there to Aviano. Okay, and you were born in the U.S.? No. You were born in Italy? No. <laughs> Where were you born? It's just made, made up a... Like, what, what? Are you an American citizen now? I am. So, what, what, where were you born? I was born in Germany. At an, at an Air Force base or at um, a military base? At, at, at a military base. Uh, it was an Army base, actually. But I was born in Wiesbaden, Germany. We were living in Italy at the time. But I was a problem child, uh, you know, who, who knew? Um, <laughs> and so a month before I was born, my mother was sent to a hospital um, in Wiesbaden. And that's where I was born. And then we came back to Italy. So until I was 18 or maybe 21, no, I don't remember, I had dual citizenship with Germany and I had never lived there before. We don't have German you know, ancestors or like, I don't have German family. That so I anytime know you of, fill out like a medical record, but... <laughs> you have to put like Germany, born in Germany. Correct. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's so wild. I mean, you see it with like military people. Yeah. I remember like, I think it was, uh, I think Kobe Bryant was parents were in the military and he was, he lived in Italy for a long time. Like, Did he it? was fluent in it. Like Italian. Like, yeah. Yeah. Italy. Yeah. He's fluent, <laughs> He's Italian. fluent in Italy. <laughs> He's fluent in Italy. He knows all about that culture. The, uh, but, um, I went to Italy one time ever, um, my senior year of high school. And we flew in. Nice. No, we took the train down from Paris. So we went like through the Alps and everything. Oh, and then wow. we, it was a night train. So I didn't really see anything because I like oh. the border lights. But we ended up rolling into 
someplace in the north, but we went to like Florence and we went to Pisa yeah. and we kind of worked our way down the west side of it. So we went to Italy or Italy, we went to Rome and then we went down to, was it Assisi? Yeah. Went through Assisi, Capri. Yeah. Sorrento. Am I saying right names? Yes. That sounds right. Okay. Yes. That, that's again. Am I like that's like your Oklahoma story? Like I know it was there somewhere, but so we went down and it was the the difference in the temperature. We went in April. So I was wondering when you were at the boot versus the northeast. Like that's got to be a pretty ch- big change in t- temperature. Oh yeah. Because the south is really warm. Yes. It's like Mediterranean. I mean, yeah. Mediterranean. I would say it's probably the equivalent of going from. Uh, you know, from here in New York, well, no, <laughs> because Northern Italy is nothing like here, but it would be in terms of distance, it would probably be the equivalent of going from here to, uh, the bottom of Pennsylvania. It, you know what I mean? Okay. I think. Well, it, could a, be, it could be, right? It, it could be. Just, I'm just not say it confidently and I'll be like, yeah, that sounds It great. totally is. I measured it. Yeah. <laughs> one of those wheels. <laughs> Little, little was it odometer little odometer yeah. wheel I have one at home my kid plays all the time um, so, so um, okay so how did you get into um, excuse me musical theater because that's how I met you originally yeah yeah and you were the choreographer yeah so how'd you well actually let's go back how'd you get into dance because I'm assuming that started before um like, I, <laughs> dance was always something that I just loved to do I love to watch it and um, with moving around a lot and stuff and and you know uh, we didn't really do like dance lessons. I took maybe a year of dance lessons when I was like nine. Um, and then coming here, um, it, they didn't have dance lessons available on the base. So we had to, so if I needed to take, or if I wanted to take them, they had to be off base, which was more expensive. So I just kind of spent a lot of time watching, um, MTV when they still played music videos and uh, like the old, like, oh, I'm going to date myself, but um, let's see. Uh, there was like Madonna dance videos. Yes. Yeah. But there was also the dance shows like um, USA dance. And um, I, I caught the tail end of like the solid gold days. I wasn't there for like the highlight, but um, there was another show and I used to watch them religiously like every single day instead of watching like, a lot of cartoons I was watching dance shows and so over the years it just sort of built up more and more as of a passion and then I got involved in theater my sophomore year of high school um and at the time they weren't doing plays at the school they own or excuse me they weren't doing musicals they were only doing plays and then my senior year of high school my friend and I um Tony Herculeau I love you uh <laughs> she and I begged, begged the drama club and the drama advisor to finally let us do a musical. Everybody was really interested in it. We knew that we had the support for it. And so we finally, um, we finally put up a musical and it was Anything Goes. And that was my first musical ever. And uh, I just, dance came a little easier for me um, than some of the other people. And so the girl that was the choreographer, she was also a student, um, she kind of made me her dance captain and, and it just sort of rolled from there, you know? Um, and then in college I continued doing theater, um, whenever I could, it wasn't like really a major or anything, but I just enjoyed it and I kind of didn't want it to be a major. I didn't want to like make it an official thing. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to keep it a hobby. Um, and, uh, and then just out of college, 
uh, is when I started choreographing for Essex Theatre Company. Um, first show that I ever choreographed was Sound of Music. Um, <laughs> and I was like, okay, so let's do things. And like turn and point and stuff. Let's, yeah, that sounds good. Um, and then every year I just did more and more shows and it just kind of grew from there. The uh, Imagine doing the Sound of Music, taking like the, the Von Trapps and having them be like, was it the Jabba Walkies? Like, just start doing like some like Von Trapp group dance. Be like, wait, what is this? It's yep. like, sound of music meets hip hop. But yep. the, uh, so what, what kind of, what style of dance is like your, like, how does it, how does it work? Like, what, I mean, I know dancing obviously, but like, how do you pick if you go to a, a performance, like what style of dance you want to focus on? Or is it like two people versus a group of people versus, you know, small set, big set, mu- uh, the style of music? Like, how do, like, well, what's your process of coming up with like a dance? In, Musical theater, there's a lot of factors in that. So when a number is written for a show, for the most part, it's usually suggested whether it's meant for a couple or it's meant for a soloist or it's supposed to be a big ensemble number. And that's kind of written into the show. There are a few exceptions to songs where a choreographer can get creative and be like, okay, I know that this is meant to be a duet, but I'm going to have dancers in the back and we're going to make it a big ensemble number. Or um, it's meant to be a solo, but then we, you know, a, a choreographer can decide to put like shadow dancers in the back or something like that. So there is a little bit of leeway in terms of um, uh, creativity. But the way with, at least with musical theater, it's, it's pretty laid out for you of what the baseline is supposed to be. And then you just kind of go from that. And then as far as like what style of dance it is, it it really, that's really fed from the music itself, you know, whether it's supposed to be, um, jazzy or if it's a slow ballet or if it's a, um, Calypso, Uh, do you know what I mean? (laughs) Well, I, I, so what, what plays did you do at, I'm going to go to Chasey Music Theater because I was yeah. involved for, I actually did it for 10 years, which I thought was, when I actually like looked back on I believe it, I was that. Like, I'm like, how the heck did I, I do saw it you for, there a lot. No, but I'm like, how did I do it for 10 years? <laughs> I, I did not dance. I moved, For the record, anybody listening, I moved stuff. I did not dance you, or sing. You know what? You were the face that we that we were happy to see coming off stage because we were like, oh, okay, things are going right back here. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have like a look of like panic on our <laughs> no. face. Like you guys all walk, just keep it cool. Yeah, we're doing good. Yeah, so we're panicking. Right Everything's around. fine. Heads cut up, so or cut <laughs> off. So, uh, my first, so my first one was two thousand. Um, I think it was two thousand five. It was Susical, one of my all time favorites still to this day. It was Susical, well, <laughs> and then you were in that one, right? Yeah, I was co director. Okay, so Susical was. We can talk about that after, but that was I was my first year. My last year, I. Oh God, it was probably like two thousand. 14, 15? It must have been 15, 10 years. I don't remember what the play was, though. Yeah, I don't remember by year So, <laughs> But that that's like, so I'd say from like, say 2005 to 15 was probably when I was involved. So that's kind of, which plays kind of during that time frame for Shades of Music Theater? Uh, let's you? see. Well, Susical was the was the first one that I, I co-directed that one with um, Jill Fortin. So that was the first time that I was like in a director's position. Before that, I had only done... Uh, choreography. Let's see. Because um, I think the next there was my memory. Well, there was West Side Story. West Side Story. Yeah, I'm trying to go by. Like, I know it sounds weird, but I was like, I know I was a freshman at that time, so I remember they did Aida. I was not a part of that one. Okay, then they did 2011. 
not 11, 2000, I'm just 11, I was 11th grade, 2000, I think it was... Hello Dolly was in there. Hello somewhere. Dolly, that was it, you're right. I was in that one, I didn't, I didn't choreograph or direct, I was in it. And I think King and I was my senior year. King and I, I did not do. Beauty um, and the Beast? Nope. Then there was came, West Side Story. Right after that was West Side Story, and that was when I came back in. Okay, and there's West Side Story, I think, um... Drowsy Chaperone. Drowsy Chaperone. Which was my all-time favorite. That's That was that's my all-time favorite absolutely one. Absolutely one of my favorite I, I think it was my favorite one because of Andy. Um, <laughs> and uh, I mean, I don't blame you there. He was fantastic. That, that, that was, whole cast was fantastic. I, I, it was I, so much fun to do. I think if I had to pick one person in the perfect role out of all the Shazie music theaters I ever saw was him as the chaperone. No, not the chaperone. Narrator. The narrator. Yeah. That was it. The man, yeah. they called yeah. him, I think. Um, yeah, man. Was, was man, man in the chair. Yeah, man that was in the his chair. Official man name. in the chair. That's right. Just this old like guy getting like going like getting grabbing stuff up and going through his yeah. records. Yeah, it was a sad Friday night, but he was it was oh, good. Man. Um, Such a good show. So, okay, so West Side Story, you were part of that as the choreographer for West Side. Yeah, Drowsy Chaperone. Yep, choreographer. And, um, Gypsy, Gypsy. I choreographed that, and I was in it. <laughs> I was one of the gimmick girls. <laughs> Wait, we, we, was that the one with the big scene with the 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 restaurant scene? Was that Gypsy when they had the all the restaurant. curtains and there was like a big like? No, that was Hello Dolly. That was Hello Dolly. That, that was, was you were in that one. That yes. was a great scene. She had the trumpet. I just no, no, that was um, that was Hello Dolly. I was Ernestina Money, and she's like the wacky. She was the wacky date that Andy Ducharme gets set up with. Yes. Um, or his character. I forgot his... Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his character. Horace. Horace Vandegelder. Oh, that, um, wow. That's, that's a good, um, good pick. So yeah, Dolly like sets him up with Ernestina Money to like uh, ward him away from getting married and but to somebody else. I remember that was like and a really was big scene date. though, right? Oh yeah, because we had the, the whole curtains. waiter's dance. Yeah. I remember that from a prop standpoint. That yes. was an insane scene. It was insane. Absolutely. Um, it was a great number, but it was an insane scene. So, Absolutely. Um, out of like all the ones that you did, like what were the ones that jumped out as like that? Like I remember that dance or that was like, like Chicago. Were you in Chicago? I choreographed it. Chicago. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That was, that was yeah. one of my favorite ones. That was one of my babies. Yeah. Yep. Chicago, Chicago. There was a lot of, I, that was the one that I remember being involved at. I heard the most amount of people say stuff about oh really like like just like I mean, friends or family really surprise me i guess it's known it's fantastic it's a known play but yep. everybody did really good in that yes. and it was just uh the numbers were classic and yep. like the, the songs and everything else but um uh, so which which one like really sticks out to you or which scenes stick out to you during that time um well I, jazzy chaperone definitely sticks out to me because that's one of my favorites and it was so much fun to put together um Chicago sticks out to me because that's also one of my favorites. Uh, having the orchestra on stage um, with yeah. Nelson, with Nelson guiding them, like I they forgot. just sounded fantastic. And um, let's see, I mean, Gypsy sticks out to me obviously because that's the one and only time I've ever played a stripper. But <laughs> hey, oh, we're gonna leave that one right there. Uh, but uh, yeah. I remember, <laughs> I remember for that show, poor Nelson, God bless his, God bless his heart. He is such a wonderful man. He would stay after rehearsal with me or meet me early to help me practice because I had to play the trumpet because that was my gimmick for my character. Bump it with a trumpet. So Gypsy, there was a trumpet scene. Yeah, that was Gypsy. Gypsy. Okay. I remember yes. you with a trumpet. So there yes. you go. <laughs> That's hard to forget. That's it. Um, <laughs> that was really hard to forget. I know that people have tried, but, um, <laughs> 
<laughs> he bless his heart. He would stay and he would try desperately to teach me how to play the trumpet because in my solo version, my solo part of the song that the that the three dancers sing, um, my like I said, my gimmick was playing the trumpet, and so it didn't. It was supposed to sound bad, so I had that in my favor. Um, <laughs> but but I did have to like make it sound somewhat similar to, to the music that they were going to be playing underneath me. So he tried so desperately to get me to play it right, and I was like. If we go really, really slow, I'll only butcher it a little bit. <laughs> so he like slowed the entire the entire orchestra down for the little part that I had to play my solo, which of course the solo finished with me playing my ending note bent over with the with the trumpet between my legs. I think that's legs. the scene that I remember. Yeah, I, it's I, like I said, it's for, hard to forget. For my but, view though, I didn't <laughs> see what the crowd was was Got Count to see your blessings. I, I got to see be the, a happy man because I got of to that. see the stage left version of it. <laughs> yeah, you got to see the the audience. <laughs> yeah, oh, that poor audience. But um, but it was you know it it was super fun and the and the two girls that I worked with, um, we just had a really really good chemistry. Um, it was Carly and Katie and and we just had really good chemistry. So that fed onto the stage and that was the year, um. That was the first year that Sarah Munson first came onto the scene. And she was Mama Mama Rose, and she played Mama, Mama Rose. Yeah. And she came out of nowhere; nobody yeah. knew who she was, you know. And and she yeah, came, and great. she's one of my closest friends yeah, now. Such a good one. And because we had, you know, initiated a great chemistry offstage, when we had to had to have our our moment on stage of like, you disgust me, both looking at each other that way. It fed really well, and. Um, I remember like we had our we had our momentary dialogue with each other and then I'm supposed to like give her a look and then I walk off stage and I remember the first night they started applauding as I was walking off and they were applauding literally that moment between us like just her and just I that, just that moment yeah. interaction of us, of us giving eyeballs to each other and I remember you I remember you. I walked up and you were standing directly in front of me and you had this big smile on your face. And I'm like, what is happening right now? What are they applauding? And you were like, that was awesome. Oh. I, was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what just happened, but that was definitely a, a very cool moment. When you get clapped, I mean, you get claps for dialogue that you know it's because that's a powerful acting scene. Because typically yeah. you, get, you get a song or a big number, there's going to be an sure. applause. But if it's applause throughout, there's a few times that happen and you're yeah. like, oh, wow. Like the, they really, I say the, actor actress really sold it on stage because like that's the one thing that i always found fascinating and i forgot who told us it was one of it was an actor actor actress someone was there and i remember telling like ah, i could never do what you would do and they they said to me like well i could never do what you did and i'm like what I, and like, i never understood it because i'm like i'm just staying in the back moving stuff like anybody oh, no, that's any, important but but in my mind i was like it's easy but like for me it's easy to move stuff and i would be like i couldn't i have no i can't sing and I don't know if I can act. I, I funny I, story. Our I senior, think you can. <laughs> our, well, our so get this. Our senior play, um, we did this. It was like for Shazy. We did a senior play. It was just uh-huh. like a little spoof, like Christmas thing. I had okay. three lines. I missed one of my lines because I zoned out. Because <laughs> it was like there's so much space, and I was just like I was so bored. I was just standing there, and all of a sudden, like it was dead quiet. It's like why is there this awkward pause? I'm like, oh my bad, my line. 
<laughs> so I should not be on on stage. If if so, give me a lot of lines so I don't forget where I, or miss where I'm at. But yeah, I always like when you guys go out and sing or dance or or especially when you're in a serious role and you're trying to you're trying to convey an emotion that yeah. you don't really feel. Like you yeah. know what I mean? Like you weren't pissed at Sarah, but you had to feel right, like you right, were. Right. You know? And I always found like that's got to be really difficult. And for someone on stage, like they just do it. I'm like, like how would you tap? Like, how do you tap into emotion? Like, when you see, like, actors or actresses, they cry on, like, TV or yeah. they do something emotional. It's like, how do you draw that out when you're not really feeling it? Or do you just kind of, like, force yourself to feel I think, it? I think actors all approach that in a different way because there are actors that will specifically, like, if they have to do a sad scene, they specifically think about something sad mm-hmm. to tap into. And then there are others that, um, uh, I knew a guy, I knew a guy in college who, when he had to do a, a sad scene, he would dig his fingernail into his leg to cause himself pain so that he would cry. And that was how he tapped into that. And wow. I was like, you're a little bit of a sadist. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to hang out with you off stage. Okay. Um, but, uh, and then there's other actors that um, just from, you know, whether it be years of training or years of experience or whatever, they just can snap into it and snap out as, as needed. But I think every actor just kind of draws on it differently. Um, and you know, it's, it's actually what personally, what I have found is that it's a lot easier to do serious roles than it is comedic and stay in the moment. So like if you're supposed to be a comedic character who is happy all the time, and goofy and whatever that takes a lot of energy out of you especially if something's going on off stage or in your life or whatever that mm-hmm. is not happy yeah you gotta pull <laughs> you know what i mean you gotta pull from somewhere but everybody experiences dark days or tough times or whatever and so when you're on stage and you got to do a, a dramatic moment or a sad moment or an angry moment it's a lot easier to pull on that from somewhere and get the moment out Whereas if you're supposed to be that happy person and <clears throat> excuse me, um, it, sometimes it takes a little bit more out of you. What, when, uh, like if I, if I was, yeah, like watching someone that was sad or happy and, and you're kind of like, what, like you're watching them do it, but like it comes easy. I'm assuming it's from obviously practice, but it's just like the muscle memory. Like when yeah. you walk out and you do a scene I'll take the one with Sarah. Like if you're doing that scene, mm-hmm. you pretty much can convey that emotion because like you just know like on a certain turn or movement or step that this is kind of how you're – because you're playing it all in your head. Yeah. And I would – I mean correct me if I'm wrong, but do you feel that even though you know what's coming or what's happening, you still feel like you're like living in the moment where it Absolutely. just like happens and you're not really thinking about it? You're just like – it's it, almost like involuntary at that point? It has to be m- muscle memory. Um at least for me, I know that that's when I make the most mistakes is when I haven't committed it to muscle memory. You so, overthink it? Yeah. Um, and I get caught up in the moment and I'm like, huh, I'm supposed to do something here, you know, or, or I'm supposed to say something or whatever. But when it's muscle memory, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> excuse me. Sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in. <laughs> so, like, I'm it's sorry. almost like when you're walking. You know, you know when people think about, like... Sorry. No, you're good. Goodness. Think about, like, when people take a step. Like, if, you're, if you think about the, the act of walking, everybody can just walk. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, you're like, think about actually walking. You just think about taking a step. All of a sudden, it's like, I'm in, like, concrete. Because your mind's, like... Yes. 
almost like you're trying to like make your mind move your leg instead of just letting things happen. I found I found that um, uh, a great example of that is um, when I'm teaching a routine, and I say, okay, for this eight count, you're going to walk to these new positions. Make sure you walk on the beat. When they're focusing, the the first few times that they do it, when they're focusing on the beat, their arms move weird sometimes. And I'll be like, you got to, it's opposite arm, opposite foot, like walk naturally. And when they start to think about it, they're like, their, their body almost just contracts and they just do it wrong. And so I'll show them. I'm like, think about when you walk naturally, just walk across the street. Don't Mm -hmm. think about a beat. Just walk across the stage. And I'll be like, now pay attention to your arms. And they realize, oh, it's opposite arm, opposite foot. But when you're focused, yeah, when you're focusing on, you know, oh, pay attention to the beat or walk on the beat or something that's other than the walk itself, all of a sudden your body just kind of does weird things and you have to correct it. So that's where practice and muscle memory comes in. And and I think, you know, the same thing can be applied with uh, doing lines on stage. If you have to deliver a line a certain way, you have to practice it so that you're focusing on all of the different things. Each time you practice it, you focus on another thing so that eventually the whole picture comes together. Um, so when you're choreograph- or choreographing, when you're choreographing, <laughs> I'm like Italy. You're, you're, when you're, I swear, like I said, all I'm you gotta do is talk and I'm not very good at talking. So when you, when you choreograph a, uh, a dance or a number, when you're sitting there like watching it, um, like, what do you look for when, let's say you have a few people dancing, it could mm-hmm. be, you know, more than two, let's say it's more than a couple, you have kind of a group dancing, what are you focusing on and like in correcting and making changes or trying to kind of convey when you have multiple people dancing? Um, well, if it's a part of the song where they're supposed to be moving in sync, mm-hmm. I look for who's out of sync. Okay. <laughs> um, and by scanning the stage as you're watching dancers, that's really easy to tell, like, who's behind the beat or who missed a, who missed a move or, or whatever. If it's a part of the song where they are all supposed to be doing something different, I, I'm not really sure if I know how to explain it in words, but as I'm looking at the whole stage, oh, here's an excellent example. Um, do you remember Razzle Dazzle in uh, Chicago? Yes. It was the circus number. Yes. Everybody was literally doing something different Cor- the entire yep. time. So in that moment, you really they, have that was, to... Sorry, of, that was the one with the backdrop. It went up over? Yes. Yeah, okay, yes. Yes. Um, so you literally have to just be scanning the entire time, but also you're looking at the overall. Um, am I seeing movement from the whole stage or is there a dead spot? Uh, meaning, and by that I mean like somebody who's not moving very much or who uh, needs to be moving more than what they were given to do. Um, is, is, you know, we, we were trying to give that impression of a circus. Does it, does it look like you don't know where to look next? Cause that was mm-hmm. the, that was the feel that we wanted. We wanted people to be like, ah, I don't know where to look first, you know? Um, and the idea was, to, you know, you're constantly darting your eyes around to, to see what everybody's doing, um, to make sure that that impression is being given the whole time. So that if one person or one couple was stared at the entire time, what would they be, you know, would they be entertaining enough to keep somebody's attention? And then you go to the next one, you go to the next one to make sure that they're doing something the entire time. 
audience's eyes don't work that way. Mm-hmm. They don't zero unless it's like a parent with their nine year old kid that they yeah. want to make sure that they see everything. Typical audience eyes don't work that way, and so they'll they'll they kind of scan the stage. Um, but in preparation for that overall look, we during rehearsals would zero in on people and be like, okay, you're you're not moving enough, or you're moving too much, and you're distracting from the singer, or. Uh, that's another thing that we that we look for in in musical theater. You're going to always have not always. Most of the time, you're going to have singers. You want to make sure that the choreography does not detract from that, and that it complements it, mm-hmm. it feeds it. Um, so, like the example I used earlier, if there's a couple singing and there's background dancers, you want to make sure that if the background dancers are noticed, it's in complement to what the couple is doing. So you try not to take away from them or is the couple moving with them and it's supposed to be like an echo. It's supposed to be like a, an extension of the couple. Um, so it's, it's a bunch of different things that you gotta, it depends on the song. It depends on the show. It depends on the music, you know? So like razzle dazzle, everybody's doing yeah. their own thing. I mean, you have to chore- choreograph every single person, right? Cause you said Basically, like, yeah. if like some guys with like a, with a ribbon twirling it and a girl's got a baton and she's flipping it. You got to make sure they're doing something, like you said, for th- right. two minutes, three minutes, whatever right. the song is. Well, yeah. I mean, there was, you know, there's a difference in t- in terms of time between choreographing what the ballet dancer is doing and choreographing what the strong man is doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's just telling the strong man, okay, this is the order of the things that I want you to, you lift this up and then you lift this up and then you do this with this arm and then you do this with this arm. Whereas the ballet dancer, you have to go into a little bit more uh, intricacies with that. Um, so there were certain things that people were doing. I think I'm trying to remember everything that was done in that number. I know we had a, I think we had a magician. Um, so we had to like plan out that certain, a certain trick would happen when Roxy and Billy went moving by the magician. We had to like, so it's a timing thing as well, you know, that, that because Billy was walking Roxy around so that she could see all the different acts and whenever they passed by a certain act, we had to choreograph the timing of something happening at that moment. Um, so it's, yeah. So so it, numbers that require people, all the people to be doing different things definitely take a lot longer than choreographing everybody doing the same thing. And when you talk about like dead space or someone maybe not moving as much. Have you ever like almost like a coach, like move players around, <laughs> like move people around? 100%. Okay. I didn't know if they were like, like you said, the strong man's there, but you're like, ah, he doesn't compliment. And she's like, and this could be just the person like this guy's got two left feet and this one's a really good mover. Let's put them together to kind of, of to kind of, kind of like singing. Like, let's just kind of hide that person there. <laughs> okay. So I, I, so you, you call you call an audible and say, Hey, we're going to move you over here at this whole. Like, yes. Yes. And you know, it's community theater. So, everybody's there to have a good time and everybody's there to, and you, and you, you want to, you want to encourage people to want to be there and to try their best. So you don't, so I, I mean, I know that there are choreographers and directors that do this, but I never have, I would never say to an an actor and be like, um, you really suck. And so I need to put you as far back as I can and block you with as many people as possible so that nobody sees what you're doing with your body. Um, <laughs> even though I may want nicely, to, though. <laughs> even though I may want to, I would never say that to an actor, but I might say something, you know, um, well, no, I'm not going to say what I would say because it will <laughs> give away my tricks, but I would, I, I might say something, you know, it, obviously 
to not insult them, but make them understand that I'm looking at the bigger Is it like picture. like a compliment sandwich? Yeah. Compliment, critique, <laughs> compliment again, we're good. Ham sandwich. Have a good day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and I do, and whether they're doing something horribly wrong or they're just, you know, I just need to move them for any other reason. I do try to remind my dancers or my actors or whoever it is that I'm working with. I always try to remind them that I'm the one that's looking at the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. So, you know, every once in a while you get that actor that's like, wouldn't it be better if we, okay, well, thank you for your input, but I'm looking at the bigger picture. I know what that's going to look like from the audience perspective. So trust me, (laughs) you know? Um, so sometimes, you know, uh, people definitely need to be hidden in the back. You want to throw an extra twirl in there? You're like, no, one twirl is enough. (laughs) Um, now, have you ever made changes? It's probably hard, to, like during the actual song. Have you ever made any changes or like from? Because I always look at from. You're obviously watching the play. You mean night. like during the show night? Yeah. Or is it kind of like show nights? Like, hey, we got like I I observe, I take notes, and then I kind of brief everybody the following day and just say, hey, make sure on that number you're a little bit closer to maybe the center or maybe oh, a little bit farther oh. forward. Do you make any tweaks like during the show or yeah. maybe? Like even I, I don't know if you could do it during a song unless you catch someone's eye. The only and time that I've ever uh, changed something like during show, like when it's actually happening, is when we had an emergency of some kind mm-hmm. and, um, uh, you know, somebody was late for an entrance and I would be off stage like giving them a you know a high sign of like yeah keep going or go with this or something, um, or if somebody got hurt off stage and they weren't gonna make the next scene or something. That's the only time and that's happened really really. Rarely. Um, but as far, yeah, we, we try not to give too many notes at the end of a show unless they're really, really blatant. Like, Hey, nobody, literally nobody heard you on your song. You have to be louder. Mm -hmm. Or we realize that, uh, a person is, you know, this person is singing this part and they're completely blocked. So we've moved him to the other side of the stage just to give you a heads up, like things like that. Um, so we try not to give too many notes at the end of a show or I should say at the start of the next show, we do try to give things, you know, things like, um, Hey, just be aware that blah, blah, blah. Uh, this has changed on the set. So, you know, make sure you walk around it in the front instead of in back or, um, you know, we, we try to give notes like that, but it's mostly the hope is always that by the time you get to show, you've prepared your actors enough. Mm -hmm. Um, that just little tweaks are, are needed rather than huge, gigantic changes or notes. How, how often does someone not, is not able to perform that night? Have you had that a lot? Like I've always, like luckily um, for all the years that I was chasing music theater, I don't think we ever had someone that like couldn't do it or like one of the leads got really sick and couldn't perform. I mean, I've um, seen some like maybe their throat's a little can... sore and it might be like taking extra tea and not talking right. to people, but right. not to. Uh, yeah, not at, Shazy that I can remember. I don't, I know that we've never had like a, like you said, a lead like not would, able to do what would it. What happened in that situation? Did you just cancel the show? No. <laughs> show must go on. Yeah. Man. I was going to say <laughs> like, find is, a way. like, do you have someone um, or is that someone not like. Not at, at, at Shazy, but in, in other places, uh, I've had things happen. One of my Clinton shows, um, it was fortunately, it was an ensemble cast mm-hmm. So I didn't have any leads or, or anything like that. Everybody kind of shared. And it was little vignettes um, that were part of a bigger story. And the night after our opening night, um, one of our one of our character one of our actors got laryngitis. She literally had no voice. Oh. 
zero. <laughs> like she came out like that. You know, it, that's how she was talking. And um, I had a queen of an actress that stepped in um, and she was uh, Callium. I'm looking at you, girl. Uh, she just stepped right in. She fortunately had done the show once before. So she was familiar with the scenes mm-hmm. and she found out hours. I mean, I think I want to say like late that morning, maybe even that afternoon. I don't remember now. Um, but it was, it was a matter of hours before the next show. And she did not use a script on stage once. Really? Like she went out, she did all the lines, she did all the songs, she did all the choreography and blocking that I can think of. Like she did everything. Wow. Um, and killed it. And we had made the announcement at the beginning of show. We were like, you know, one of our actors got laryngitis. Um, so-and-so is going to be fill- or filling in for her. If you happen to see her with a script on stage, that's why. Um, so we had prepped the audience. Like they knew that that was yeah. happening. And afterwards they were like, so who was the one that filled in? Like they couldn't even tell, you know? Um, awesome. So the show goes on and, and like there's, you know, there've been other shows where uh, somebody had gotten hurt and they had a big dance number. And, so the um, musicians w- were, were let known that we were going to skip the dance break and go right to the ending verse. Um, okay. So, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you just, you kind of, you make adjustments well, on the fly. Kind of like just, improv a little bit. Yeah, like, absolutely. How, how much of the dance that you do is improv? Or is it mostly, like, is Very there any time you're just like, hey, listen, for this, like, kind of scene, just kind of move? <laughs> Very little. I, I mean, unless I'm doing a scene where, you know, we're supposed to be at a party and there's dialogue going on mm-hmm. while dancing is supposed to be happening in the back, but it's not supposed to be choreographed. Yeah. Then I might say to them, hey, make sure that you guys are moving. Don't make it too big because then you'll detract from the conversation. Just kind of like a late waltz or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like something really, really small, just kind of sway or step touch or whatever. Um, but that's really the only time that I personally will have actors not choreographed on stage. Otherwise, I try to choreograph what they're um, doing. Like, are you like a fan of like Dancing with the Stars and things like that? Um, I've watched a little bit of that. <laughs> Because it is impressive I, really, how they go from is. like some random person and it they is. say, nah, whatever, celebrity, but they end up like, they can really dance. Yeah, absolutely. I, I watch a lot of uh, those routines mostly on YouTube because um, I don't have cable. So I would never, you know, watch the show itself like when it was on. But um, but I, I did watch that for a little while. I Not so much in the past couple of years, but I used to watch, uh, I religiously used to watch So You Think You Can Dance. Yeah. And I, I loved the especially the initial years of that where they were literally taking people um you know anybody that thought they could dance in any style seeing what they could do appreciating what they could do and then also teaching them more um so you could get a break dancer who had never had a dance lesson in his entire life and all of a sudden he's on an episode doing the tango and doing it well mm-hmm. You could get a ballet dancer and, and she's, you know, doing a hip hop number that she's absolutely killing it. Like it was, it, it kind of morphed into something different in the later years, but initially like I loved that about the show and some of the routines that came out of that show were crazy good. I just find like dancing, it's a lot like singing, a lot like music, like music. It's just, there's certain things in life that bring like 
everybody together, cultures and everything like that. And Absolutely. I find like music, like you can go anywhere and hear music. Yes. You go to Italy, you, yeah. hear, you hear music and like, <laughs> I don't know what they're saying, but it yep. sounds cool. Cause yep. like everybody knows like you, music, music, there's no language Absolutely. to it or is a la- you know, language. But then you look at dance, it's kind of the same way. If I just like showed up on the streets of some street performer in some European city and watched them dance, I'm like that person can dance mm-hmm. and you just start mesmerized. Cause mm-hmm. that's the way they move. It's like the people that can dance, they just move different. And like, I'll see, I mean, it's funny when you go like, and this could even be like a little kid. You see like a little kid yeah. like, shaking their hips and doing all the stuff. And I'm like, how is yeah. they're so fluid? And yeah. there's no, like I dance and I'm like, my wife tells me all the time. Like, she's like, don't dance. I'm like, well, like then, then I get annoyed and do like the dad dance. And be like, what? And like, but I can't, I can't dance. I mean, I'm sure like dancing actually seems like one of those things that would like be fun to take a class to try to actually learn how to dance. It's true. Cause you like, you'd eventually get a little more limber and get a sure. little more loose and not yeah. be like that. Like, you know, I, I always think of hitch. And he just kind of was like, <laughs> just, you know, keep it up to, was it? Not, keep it between He's three like, and nine or something like that. ever do that again. Because <laughs> not, just leave it right here. You just, you live right here. You live yep, 90 you degrees live right or whatever. Here. So. Keep it right here. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I always find it just fascinating when people like, um, just have that fluidity to the motion yeah. and it just, they make it look just like effortless. You're like, that's not, that's not like when someone makes it look easy, you know, it's not easy because you know, they're that good because they can just, they can hide like, like just everything like their body Absolutely. just kind of like flows and like the joints don't seem like they connect and like the every, everything moves a well, little bit different. I think that's why, um, you know, dance can is never looked at as something athletic because good dancers make it look easy. Yeah. And so they don't I, see well, the effort. I think it's like, it yeah, absolutely. Yeah, is like athletic. the dance I had a, uh, actually was with this guy last week. His uh, daughter, um, won the world dance thing it was down in Florida. Oh wow. That's uh, awesome. dance. She was like, uh, I don't know what's almost like bring it on. Like okay. I think bring it yeah, on, yeah, but like yeah. that kind of dance. It yeah. wasn't like, I guess dance, just yeah. like uh, dance corp or whatever. And, um, she now is dancing in college. Um, but he was like, dude, it's incredible. Just showing pictures and they're all just like, everybody's in yeah. sync and they're moving and their bodies are all just like, like have a mind of their own. And I'm like, yep. this is insane. Some of the teams that dance, there's the show, uh, worldwide dance. Uh, some of the teams that perform, oh my gosh, it's just insane. It's so cool. Like, it, it really just, is. You just see everybody moving together. Like yep. with the synchronicity is crazy. Well, you think of like, I'm not going to shit on them, but the, the, <laughs> like the Rockets, like I look at like the Rockets. I went to the Rockets as a kid. I, okay. I think it's, I think it's great. I, again, I'm going to be very nice, but by the second act or second scene, I was kind of like, I get it. Like it's just different clothes. They different outfit, <laughs> same, same kind of kick line. Like, it's cool. They're, they're in sync, but like, they're so in sync, but like that kind of in sync that I'm just like, you know, the nutcracker, like I'm good. Give me the nutcracker scene. And then I want to sure. see some like crazy flips and sure, dances. And, sure. But, uh, now flipping over to the director side of it, how does that like compare to being a choreographer? Oh my gosh. There's so much more work. So do you like directing? I do. I do. Um, I, I don't like all the things that come with directing. Okay. <laughs> I like the creative uh, ability. I like the artistic part um, where you can put a show together and the show goes up and you can look at it as a director and be like, I did that. I put that together. Um, Obviously with the help of a million people, but uh, you know, on a smaller scale, that's kind of how you feel as a choreographer. Once a, a number is put together and you see it come to fruition on the stage you're like, that was, that's my brain right there on the stage. That's, I put that there, you know, and it's a good feeling. Um, but as a director, you got to do, 
you got to deal with so much more. Um, I mean, right, right down to the audition process, like the final word comes from you, you know what I mean? As far as who's going where, who you're going to cut, who you're going to, um, give the lead, who you're going to put in the ensemble. And there's always, always disappointed people. Yeah. Um, and there are some disappointed people that will come to you and be like, Hey, what did I do wrong? Uh, and then there's some people that will come to you and say, Hey, what can I do better? Mm-hmm. And then there are some people that don't come to you at all and just go to everybody else and say, I was gypped, you know, and, um, it, it's, a, it's a lot. So right from the start, you know, it, you're kind of, you're kind of pushing uphill. And then once you get into it, you, you're, you, even if you do have people in charge of all the different aspects like costumes and set building and props and light design. Even if you are a part of a a community theater where you're lucky enough to have people in charge of those things, the overall look, the overall idea has to come from you as the Mm -hmm. director. You're the one that puts all of the puzzle pieces together and it has to be your vision of what you want it to look like on the stage. So you may have the set builders they might have a design for you or maybe you design it yourself and the set builders build it, but it has to come from you. Um, you might, you, you might have a say in, in terms of props of like a certain look you're going for a certain, um, time period, uh, uh, right down to a certain color. Like it might be that specific. Um, (coughs) excuse me, but they, the direct, everything comes back to what the director wants for the overall vision which is a lot of pressure to put on making sure that all of those pieces come together in the right way i really enjoyed that part it's the actual uh availability (laughs) availability of all of those things so for example you might go to your costume person and say okay this is the look that i'm that i'm hoping for and then the costumer says well, this was all I was able to find. And so you're like, okay, well, how do we make do with this? Mm-hmm. Or you might go to your set builder and say, this is what I'm hoping for as a design. And the set builder will be like, okay, well, these are the materials that we have to work with. So what would you like me to do? Because I can't do that, you know? Um, so it, you also have to adjust your overall vision to what's available, what's possible in the community theater level um and that also depends on <coughs> you're gonna have to edit all of these coughs out <laughs> um but that also depends on uh the different theaters at the community theater level because like the the work that i did at clinton didn't have the same amount of money allocated to it that the work that i did at uh, Shazy Music Theater did. So what was available was completely different. You know, I, um, I had a much smaller team at Clinton to, to help me get that put together than I did at, at CMT. Um, so things vary depending on, again, what's available, what group you're working with, what show you're doing. If you're doing a show like Drowsy Chaperone that needed a lot of props but only had one set Mm -hmm. however the set itself had to morph it had to change throughout the show and all these little pieces would come out and so it was a much more complicated set than people realized i think 
or if you're doing a, a show, you know, with, um, it's all set in the living room. And so you have the entire show takes place in the living room and nothing moves and nothing changes. Um, those are obviously going to have two different kinds of budgets and those are going to have two different kinds of needs, um, to, to put together. And so, like I was saying before, that was a really long winded way of saying there's a lot of work. <laughs> there's a lot more work in being a director, but I really enjoy it. I, so I really do. How far out before a performance do you, do you start the director role? Like picking out the play, picking out the script. Months, months and like, months. Like how, how long do you think from start to showtime, like would actually, um, like four five, six months? Like in my, I would yeah, I would say it's probably, I mean, you might have an idea in your head even a year before, Okay. you know, and then when it, when it's, I would say from the time that you're actually with script in hand, planning out scenes and, and working on characterizations and all of that in prepping for rehearsals, I would say maybe five, six months before okay. the show date. Rehearsals usually will start on average in this area. We usually do rehearsals for um, uh, an average of six weeks. There are some shows that get put up in eight weeks. There are some shows that mm, put up, get put up in less than a month. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, but depending on, I would say on average, it's six to eight weeks uh, that we put that we work on shows in the rehearsal. about two to three months, right? At least. Um, I think they did in March. They I would think... usually, st- yeah, they would start in the beginning of January and then go up mid-March. I know that there were a few years where that was a little bit different, but we would also not be working for that week in February when the school was closed. Yeah. Um, and then the week of show, um, you have all your dress rehearsals and stuff. And so, that was more about like getting orchestra and lights and scene changes nailed down, you know? So it was less about working with the actors on like character. I mean, it still happens during those rehearsals, but that's not where the focus is anymore. Yeah. So in the initial rehearsals, I would say, yeah, it's, it's about two months. Um, cause I would think like I'm speaking for myself, like I would get very nervous if it was like, three, four, five months out and like you're just picking out a script like to me because there's so much that goes into yeah. it that I think that once you pick out what show you're doing then there's got to be a huge like almost what, like relief off your shoulders like okay at least I know what we're doing yeah. you know and then from there we can just run, we can add, I mean obviously you do a lot of planning and prepping but you at least know the, right. the parameter of the show that you're um, you're choosing from see my relief never came after I picked the show my relief always came after I casted it oh, um, would, yeah but that's another big step because you're starting to get pieces yeah. in place. And you're like, okay, we're like, when I to would, that next rung. There were very few shows that I picked. And once I picked it, I was like, whew, okay, let's do, you know. I was always just in that very anxious, nervous place until after auditions. So when it comes to picking a show, how many options do you have? I should say, how many options do you have to pick from? And then how many options in your mind do you have to pick from? Because obviously there's a bunch you're just like, oh, I have no interest in doing. Right. And then, because when you talk about picking a show... In my eyes, like, okay, is there 30 to pick from? Is that overwhelming? You're like, hey, there's 30, but I really want to do maybe two or three. And right. I just got to pick between a couple. Um, I think there's a, well, there's a lot of things that you have to consider when you're even looking at shows. Because I, 
as a director, I wouldn't look at the same shows for CMT that I would look at for Clinton mm-hmm. because Clinton is a much smaller stage. Um, so I would look at smaller cast shows for Clinton. Uh, also has less kids, if if any, involved at Clinton, whereas CMT is set up as a, as a family um, theater, community theater. Uh, so I would always have to... Um, also at Clinton, you know, I mean, bare bones, you're looking at, okay, am I picking a play for this one or am I picking a musical? All right. If I'm picking a musical at Clinton, we didn't have the space for, uh, nor did we have the money, but we didn't have the space for, uh, um, an orchestra. So I had to only look at ones that had either only a piano, uh, and, and still make it sound, you know, full, or they had backing tracks. Whereas at CMT, we had the orchestra and that was the intention was live music. Um, and we, we had access to that. So it kind of opened up more options. There's a bigger stage. It's, it's meant to have more bodies on the stage, you know, bigger casts, that kind of thing. Um, and then from there, you just kind of, you just kind of boil that. That's where more of the uh, wants and desires come in Mm -hmm. is after you hit those bare bones, um, uh, stipulations of what you're capable of doing on that stage, depending on where you're at and what you're not. Um, and then after that, that's when you're like, I would really like to do a comedy or I would really like to do, uh, something creepy, you know, like Sweeney Todd or Jekyll and Hyde, you know, stuff like that. Or I really want to do, uh, a drama, but I want it to be a modern day drama or I want to do a drama, but, or not a drama, but, a a, a classic. I want to look at the classics and pull one of those up. So after that, after that bare bones part, that's when you can go into your own personal bucket list or your wish list or your favorite shows. Uh, is that possible? No. Okay. We're moving on, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and then I, for me, if I'm choosing what, if I was choosing what musical to put up, uh, the music was a big, big deciding factor for me. Mm-hmm. And I would listen to the music. And if the music pulled me, then I would look more at the show. If it was a show that I was not familiar with, I would look more at the show by listening to the music. Um, Because for me, if somebody's coming to see a musical, if they're not entertained by the music, they're not going to be entertained by the show. Mm -hmm. So uh, as I'm listening to the music, I would think about you know, what kind of dance numbers or what kind of dance style that would pull out? Is that going to be something entertaining for people? Um, Is that going to be something entertaining for the cast? Like something that they would be interested in auditioning for. And that's, that's also another factor to consider. I might have a favorite show that literally nobody would be interested in, in auditioning for, but I absolutely love it. And I would love to do it someday, but I have to keep that in mind if I want people to show up for auditions you know, um, are they going to show up for this? You know, and and then and then kind of move forward like that. This might sound bad, but th- when you said that, like, <laughs> a show that people would want to see, I'm like, I know what the last show was was Can Can. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember seeing it because I was like, I never heard of this show, and uh, <laughs> and it was kind of funny because I don't remember. Like, there's certain ones that I have a very good memory of the yeah. show and like the songs, and like <laughs> I couldn't even remember the damn play, let alone so I'm like. Like the Secret Garden, I'm like, I, like some of these oh, plays. I'm like, they're probably great plays. It's just at the time, like they're not that fun. Like, can can. Oh. I don't know much about it. I mean, I know what a can can dancer is, but it, like, 
like I look at like at least the ones I was a part of. Susical classic. I liked Aida. It was like a kind of a yeah. Um, that was a great show. Hello Dolly was fun. West Side Story yep. is a classic. Drowsy Chaperone was my favorite, and I didn't know what the play was about. Right. Um, Gypsy and King and I were classics. They weren't my top ones, but they were de- they were good shows. Chicago yeah. way up. Anything yep. goes was the other one. Yes. And anything goes yes. was fun. That was a fun. Uh, that was a blast. But like you start looking at some of them, like some really stand out, and then mm-hmm. some like eh, like it was it was okay, but the sure. music wasn't really sure. I, like I agree, the music's like a big thing. Like Beauty and the Beast. Uh, how's the other one? Did I do eleven? <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Beauty and the Beast. I did eleven of them. Wow. Look at you. Beauty and the Beast. Math is hard. The hardest. <laughs> the hardest. So, uh, so where, where do you find like the plays to get? Is there like a net, like a? Oh, there's multiple sites uh, that you can that you can order from. And is it true that uh, this might be rumor mill here? But is it true that they have to be off of Broadway for a certain amount of years before you can pick them? Or some of these are not Broadway plays. They're just. Yes. I don't know if it's a certain number of years or just a certain amount of time, um, but they do have to be off Broadway or like not actively on Broadway. Um, And depending on how long it's been since they've been off Broadway uh, will depend on how much the rights are. And the rights can be outrageous. Oh, yeah. Chicago was expensive. Oh, yeah. The only reason I know that is because I went on the board for yep. one year, the year after Chicago, <laughs> which is why we did Can-Can. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, but that, yeah, it was like one year. I was like, oh, wow, we, you guys really hit the home run in Chicago. <laughs> so that's good. But it was a good play. Um, but if, if you um, – so what was your what's, your what's your favorite play? Kind of rapid fire. What's your favorite play that you were ever a part of? As, as – Oh, as an actor, as a not a director, I want to take director off, but that you were involved in, I would say maybe on stage. Let's do that. On stage? Oh god. Some of these might double up because you might have like really loved one, but uh Oh gosh. This I is don't... any play. This does not be CMT. This doesn't be this could be like childhood, this could be like last week. Um I don't know about absolute favorite. I don't I don't know that I have one single absolute favorite. I know one of my favorites was Into the Woods. Um, it's a, I don't know if you're familiar with it. Is it a book? It. It's, a, it's a musical with a whole bunch of fairy tales all kind of mixed together. Okay. Uh, it's really, really cool. It's a Stephen Sondheim show. And and um, I've done the show three times, four times now. <laughs> I've done the show four times. Um, once I was only in it I was the baker's wife and uh then the other times I was either um directing or choreographing and a couple of those I had a cameo in um of Red Riding Hood's grandmother um so it's definitely it's definitely up there oh my gosh I have so many um Something Rotten is one of my favorites uh that one's kind of a spoof on, not spoof, but it's a, it's a nod to musical theater and okay. it kind of, it kind of, what's it called? Ad- rotten. Something rotten. Okay. Um, and it's kind of adoring musical theater and mocking it at the same time. And it's okay. really, like really a fun. rotten tomatoes kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, it's got some great, great music in it. Um, I love your perfect now change. That's been one of my favorites that I've performed in. Uh, and that was actually the show that I was talking about earlier, uh, the vignettes that okay. are set up. 
and it's all about relationships. And, and what's a vignette? It's like a, it's a short scene, basically. Gotcha. Okay. So from scene to scene, it's not the same characters, but the overall show, all of the scenes are on the same um, like theme. Theme. Okay. Yes. All right. Uh, and it's all about relationships. So one scene might be about first dates. Another scene might be about, um, uh, you know, trying to get time to have sex when you're married. Another, t- another one is about, um, <laughs> there's a, this guy who is in prison is giving dating advice. Like he holds these dating meetings that, uh, singles can come to and learn about dating from the, out, from, from the outside in prison. In. Yeah. He's in prison. It's hilarious. Um, uh, Isn't like Char- Charlie Manson? Didn't he have some like <laughs> extra like wives while he was in prison? Like right. this guy's got it. Um, there's a scene where um, this couple goes and they're watching a movie, and he's singing about like uh, his you know he's basically singing his thoughts out loud, and she's watching the movie the whole time, and he's singing about you know how much he likes her, what he should do. And she's like shoving her face with popcorn the whole time, like just completely. And then he starts getting into the movie, but it's a sad movie. So he wants to be the tough guy and he doesn't want to like cry in front of her, but he starts getting emotional because of the movie. Um, oh my gosh, it's such a funny show. Uh, there's a scene where this older couple, not couple, these older people um, meet each other at a funeral and neither one of them know who the dead person is. Um <laughs> Just here for the party. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's such a great show. Um, and let's see, other shows. So Drowsy about- Chaperone. Well, I've never performed in Drowsy Chaperone. I've only choreographed it twice, and I'm just so in love with that show. Um, that was the one with Aldolfo, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember, uh, um, oh my God, I'm going to kick myself for forgetting his name. Um, and- Andrew. Yeah. And, uh, Gloria. Gloria. Yeah, that's yep. what I was like, as you're saying, like, yes, that's it. So he, he was fantastic. He was perfect. Such a nice guy. And he, he, uh, he was perfect. Yeah, he, he did a great job on that. So uh, now what about the ones you directed? Any, any jump out to you? Um, the ones I've directed, probably uh, Avenue Q. That was definitely one of my favorites. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of favorites. I, I would say uh, I Love You, Your Perfect Now Change is definitely on that list as well. Um, Were these uh, at Clinton? Or yeah. Are these? Okay. Yeah. Um, Susical is a favorite of mine. Into the Woods. Hmm. I'm trying to rack my head with what I've directed. How, many, how many do you think? Oh, the miscast. How, mu- how many do you think you've been a part of? <laughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry, what? How many? How many? How many plays or musicals have you think in your life you've been a part of? Oh gosh. If you had like ballpark it, like 50? No, it's, it's over a hundred. Wow. Okay. Not by much. Like all of the shows that I've choreographed and or directed or and and performed it like and or performed in, I would say all together since my, What'd I say? My sophomore year of high school. Yeah. Well, I, it's, it's over a hundred. Um, have you ever done two at the same time? Yes. In what roles? <laughs> uh, actually when we were doing West Side Story, I think I was doing 
seven shows at once. Um, seven shows? Yeah. Where? I, I, don't ask me how. Like I local? I have no idea how I did it. Because that's kind of a big time for, I know like yeah. uh, PHS always had drama. There was some other, <coughs> PHS, PHS's drama club's like a legit, like first high school. It's a very yes. like in, intense group. But like, yeah. um, so were you just like, like. I was choreographing a lot of shows. Um, but I, I remember <laughs> I, for like months I wouldn't have a day off because I would shove in a rehearsal wherever I could uh, to get it all done. And there were some wow. there were some shows that I was needed like once a week. And then there were some shows where I was needed three or four times a week. So when I say I was doing seven shows at once, I made it work. Like it wasn't that I had to be at every single rehearsal, every single day, every single place. Yeah, it, I, I just... thought you were going to say like, yeah, like I did two. <laughs> <laughs> seven's insane well it's that it's actually that number blew that. my mind that, it's easier to do that when i'm not the director so like if i'm performing in or if i'm choreographing mm-hmm. i can do multiple shows at once if i'm a director i can do maybe two if i'm directing one of them because directing takes so much of your time outside of rehearsal that it's it's so hard to do more than more than one show so at best, I might like direct one show and choreograph another one or direct one show and be in another one. But if I'm choreographing or if I'm performing it, I, that's a lot easier for me to do multiple shows at well, once. So if you're, when you talk about like directing, how many, so I kind of look at like, say a musical or play, like director as like the CEO of the whole thing. And then it's you start like breaking it down, like. How many direct reports did you have? Because obviously you kind of talk to everybody as a director, mm-hmm. but you really have like, I'm going back to CMT days. If you have a director, choreographer, you know, you know, then take like back in the day, like Kim Halley was props. Then yeah. you take like, you know, Wendy Misek was doing the, you know, right. doing the uh, the costumes. costumes. They dressed yeah. as costumes. And Bob Brayson was doing the backstage and like the greens were doing the lighting. Like, so you had like department heads. Yep. Did you spend more time directly with them? And then say like, hey, Bob, this is what we need. Now go tell Gail what to do. Like, you know what I mean? Like kind of, because um, I never really worked besides, like I knew people back there. I, I wouldn't say I spent most of my time at, as a director. Um, initially, they're the people that you confer with to get everything up and rolling mm-hmm. and saying, okay, this is what we're looking at. This is what I'm going to expect from people. This is what I need you to start working on. And then the initial rehearsals that bulk of time is all spent with the actors. It's getting them prepared on Mm -hmm. the stage, which is why those last couple of weeks before show are so intense because that's really where the director can finally get back with those people that he met with initially or she uh, met with initially and, and say, okay, this was the set design. How is that coming? You know, they might, they might check in along the way, but the the bulk of their time is spent with the actors. It's kind of like, a play is like Game of Thrones. Like every little department's like their own like like Dorothrakis are over here and everybody and all of a sudden they all just kinda of yes. converge at the end. Yes, absolutely. It's like oh they're all, right, they're I all see their them. own they're kingdom. coming. Um it is it is. It really is because uh, you know, a lot of times actors just have no clue of what stage crew needs to get into or what the lighting crew needs to get into or the amount of work that a costumer puts in. They have they just don't understand it. And a costumer or stage crew or lighting may not understand the amount of time that the actor's putting into mm-hmm. learning their stuff or whatever. And 
sometimes they do. Sometimes you have those people that have experience in all of them. And so they completely get it. Um, but it, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty rare. And so I always try to remind everyone that like, everybody's got a job there and this isn't going to go up if one of those pulls, you know, or, or is not present. Like we're not, we could perform all we want, but if we're not lit up, yeah. <laughs> if we don't have lights Mic'd on up, us, yeah. nobody's going to see it. You know, if we can, we can say that we're going to climb the stairs and then uh, slide down the other side. But if we don't have anybody building us a set, it's not going to happen. Yeah, like, it, you have to appreciate what everybody's doing well, I, I remember, to get us there. I remember like the, the weeks leading up to it. Cause we come in like the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Like, it wasn't, wasn't yeah. like we were there for months. So you come in the last couple of weeks, some of these plays like beauty and the beast. I knew the storyline cause mm-hmm. I was a kid, but like, Again, Drowsy Chaperone, Gypsy, King and I. I mean, Aida, Can Can, anything goes. I didn't know what those plays right. were about. And you start going in. And I just remember, I, like, I would, I would read the script, like I like loosely read yeah. it, meaning I would kind of figure out what, what who was in yeah. the scene, and then I would like, okay, so who's Andy playing? Andy's right. playing this person. Okay, that's Andy. And then like, okay, Jackie's here, Merritt's right. here, or Jason, or whoever. Right. And you start going through. And I tried to learn the characters, so then it was like, okay, you know, Amanda's playing um, Velma. Like yeah. I, like I knew that. And then it, you start picking out that, and then it started breaking down even more into, okay, this scene is here. This scene. Now, what's that scene about? Okay, it's this. Right. And then it was like, okay, that scene, because you don't, when you get there, you're not running through in order. Right. So it's like, oh, we just were in the middle of scene. Or act two. Yeah, okay. I want to run scene three again, and let's okay, let's yeah. skip forward to act two, scene nine, and you're like. So I always yeah. felt like the first week was me just kind of understanding like what the hell was going on, sure. like understanding the sure. play. And it's funny when you get to the final, like the actual performances, you start picking up on stuff like a day out or even the first night. We're like, oh. Now they see the costumes and yeah. lights and everything. I'm like, that's what oh, that is. That's oh, that's why they're doing. That's why that. he's carrying a skull. Like I, you know, but you yeah. don't pick all these like weird things out. And, Absolutely. And when you go down to like the nuance part, it's like going out and moving something. And of course, our detail back then was like making sure the angle was a certain angle. Tape it. Right. Make sure like the height's good. Make sure yeah. like checking with the lighting people. The actors don't see that, but then right. I don't see the actor making like a dance move because I'm right. just like you're. Just, I just know you're on that side of the stage. Right. Right. So it's like everybody really dives into and dice like really fine tunes what they're working on, Absolutely. and then when you see like it all come together, like wow, this is actually a really cool play. Yeah. I don't know what the hell they're doing. But yeah. This yeah. Actually yeah. Looks good <laughs> with whatever we got here. So it's like when you take the vision from like your mind or whoever's doing the directing and just kind of see all the pieces fall into place. It's like a well, I mean, by the time the show goes, it's like a well-oiled machine. And it, even, you know, even if people make mistakes, it's such a, the only people that notice are the people that are there. Like, ah, oh, they missed that line. Oh, and like, nobody knows. Like, oh, and then all of a sudden, I always found that the people that were, at least from my perspective, were always good if there was a mistake. Everybody just kind of like, hey, whatever happens. Yeah. I don't think people like really took it to heart or like, yeah. like got mad if they like missed a, missed a cue or something. It's like, who cares? Just roll out. Nobody knows what you're doing. Right. right. Again, just go out confident. Like, yeah, coming out like three minutes Absolutely. late. Um, now, what play have you not done that you would love to do, or musical? Is there like uh, a bucket list? That... Something rotten. Uh, oh, you would... have not done that. I haven't. I've only oh. seen it, and I absolutely love it. Um, is that an eligible per play? Or it is. Musical? It's just expensive. Okay. Is it a <laughs> musical? It's a musical, yeah. All right. Um, I, as far as doing them, um, I don't really have much much more of a bucket list because I've done a lot of the shows that I've wanted to do. Uh, I would love to do um, 
um, Avenue Q again, but in it, like be a part of it. Cause what, I, what's that I only directed it. That's the one, um, that's called Sesame street for adults. Okay. <laughs> it's the one with puppets. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you've heard it. Like ventriloquist kind of dials or it, kind of, but the, the actors aren't expected to like keep their mouth closed. Okay. Um, and it's kind of the unique design of the show is in that all of the, not all of them, most of the characters in the show are a puppet, but the actor that's holding the puppet has to act as well. Okay. Does that make sense? So they so, kind of are like, being, they kind of play off of the puppet a little bit. Um, not talking to it, but if an actor is holding a puppet, talking to somebody else, the other person is supposed to be talking to the puppet but the actor needs to be talking directly to the actor as if the puppet's not there. Yeah. It's like a little mind, little mind. It's uh, so cool. It's so cool. I was very fortunate enough to have a killer cast. Um, Everybody was just perfectly placed. They did an amazing job in the show that I directed. I would love to be able to do it again and be in it. I would have so much fun because I love that show. It's absolutely hilarious and it is completely and totally inappropriate. Like there's so much, there's so many songs where you're like, Hey, we could sing this at karaoke. No, no, we shouldn't. Uh, how <laughs> many, act, how many actors can be in that one? Um, that one, it's a smallish cast. Uh, like under 20. Well, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think we had, um, there's two, four, six, eight, I think there was 12 in my cast. I might be off a number or two, but I think there was 12. So it's a fairly small cast. Um, but it's just so much fun. It's so much fun. And it's great, great music. It's hilarious. It is absolutely hilarious. Oh, I can't believe I completely forgot when you had asked me about favorite shows. One of my bucket list shows um, that I just did a couple of years ago, I directed Noises Off, which is a play. Okay one of the funniest shows I have ever, ever done. It is absolutely hysterical. Uh, again, I was really lucky with a killer cast in it and everybody did a fantastic job and audiences left there like with tears in their eyes from laughing so hard. Um, and, uh, I was super, super proud of that one. That one was a, that one was a huge challenge set wise, uh, because you had to rotate the set. Okay. Um, so it starts, side that's facing the audience it's a play within a play okay basically and all kinds of shenanigans go on as they're trying to put up this play so in the first act you see it from the front and they're in rehearsal and they're trying to work out both on stage things that are happening as well as off stage things in the second act you flip the stage around and so you see the exact same play but from the back and all of the things that are happening behind the scenes, which is craziness. And then the third act, they're back to the front. It's their last performance. They've been on tour. It's their last performance and it just all goes to hell. And it's just hysterical. Um, So that was definitely one of my favorites. And uh, it was also a bucket list one for me that I was really excited about being able to do. Um, But uh, there was, there was, um, have you ever seen Book of Mormons? I haven't seen it, but I... I Do you know what the play I, is? Yeah, I know the music. So I, we went and saw it up at, uh, in Montreal, Plaza Arts. They had like a yeah. tour. It was, I, I'm assuming... It wasn't the original cast, but it was like a traveling version yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. And 
it might have been one of my first plays that I ever went and saw that wasn't like a local play. Sure. Because I haven't seen. I oh, like plays. So I, just, I bet that blew your mind. <laughs> well, I didn't know what the play was about. Oh, jeez. So it's one of those things where like, ah, they're, oh, they're drowsy chef or not drowsy chef. Geez. Book of Mormons is like this funny play. Yeah. And then I knew the South Park guys were involved. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, oh, well, like, yeah, this sounds cool. So <laughs> my, me, my wife and a few friends went up. We, we kind of spent the week in Montreal and that was like a matinee performance yeah. we went to. And, uh. I remember watching it and the first scene was like, I'm Elder Cunningham. And I'm like, okay, this is good. Like, this is like, whatever. (laughs) And all of a sudden that just went off the rails. And now I've seen it over there in Africa and I'm like, what is going on? And I'm like, and the music is so funny. Yep. And the the lyrics and, and the thing was, I'm sitting there watching this. I got my wife and a couple of friends. Like we're all a bunch of just immature people. (laughs) I like look over and there's like someone's grandmother sitting there and I'm like, Oh, yeah, like nervous, yeah. and then I'm just sitting like, "This is outrageous!" How and and of course, you know, she was probably this like dirty old grandma, but it was like <laughs> it was so funny. And um, you start looking at plays. I'm like, they managed to turn that into a really funny play. Oh yeah, the music's great. And if yep. you take away like this, like, just the like the beat of the music is sure. really good. And they start adding in the lyrics. You're like, oh, oh yeah. my god, this is outrageous. One hundred percent hilarious. But, but that was that was one that I had zero expectation because I didn't even know what it was about. I'm like, right, yeah, what's this like? Because Sometimes it's good when you go in and just like start seeing things happen. And again, the expectation is zero. So like, right. hopefully this is good. Yeah. Um, I remember watching, did you ever see the King's speech yes. years ago? Yes. I went and watched it as the King's speech. I'm like, great. Watch the King's speech. Sure. It's up for an Oscar. Like sure. go and go to the, go to the movies and, and, uh, didn't know what it was about. First scene, the guy starts stuttering and I'm like, <laughs> oh, it's about his physical speech. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like. I'm not very good with certain movies I'm, certain things. I'm just like, yeah, I'll just go. I'm like, whatever. I'll just like, people say it's good. Let's just go roll. Um, the other one, actually, you had mentioned it before. Did you see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Quentin Tarantino no, film? No. Uh, oh, we should see that. It's no, good. but I remember seeing previews for it. Do you, have you ever seen his movies? Quentin Tarantino? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, watch this one. I don't want to get into it because okay. I, th- I thought this would be like, if you saw it, I was like, oh, I'm going to dive in and ask you questions. Okay. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'll let you watch it. Okay. The ending, it's like the, it's like a typical, like, it's a two hour and probably 40 minute movie. Two hours and 20 minutes is just like the slow build. And then 20 minutes of just like, wow. It went from like, <laughs> I don't know what this movie's about. Like, it's probably Jeez. like, it's kind of a dumb movie. And all of a sudden, like the very end, you're like, oh my God, it was great. Yeah. Like he's got some ability to just like, talk about a guy that can take like tangle webs of, of oh, like, stuff and just all of a sudden absolutely. be like, oh yeah, they actually do make sense. Like, absolutely. And he makes, he writes them all himself. He like, yep. Just turn, jot stuff down. I'm like, you're, you're insane. Um, now, what what plays have you seen professionally that were your favorites? Uh, I saw uh, the color purple at Proctor's. Okay. Um, woof! That it, was breathtaking. Isn't that that was turned into a movie, right? Yes. I think I saw the movie yes. of it. Yes. That well, was like slavery or something, right? Or was uh, it? Whoopi Goldberg was in the movie. Um. This, oh my gosh, it's so good. The music in it, the singing in it, oh, it's just so good. Because I, yeah, I remember it being very popular and then, but it was, it was originally a play or was it the movie? I or believe. was it a book? Could have been a book. Yes. I think it went from book to movie to musical. I'm not positive about the book and the movie order, uh, but I'm pretty sure it was book movie, but I know the musical came last and it was just super, super powerful and just really, really cool. Um, they scrapped the whole set, basically. Uh, it's the revival that I saw. Okay. And there was no set. 
there was hanging wooden chairs on the backdrop. And for each scene, there might be like a prop or two, but everything basically centered around those chairs. So when they were like sitting in church, everybody grabbed a chair and set it up as pews. But then the chairs were also beds. It was also um, actual props. Like there was one song that the the guys in the field are singing and they're using the chairs as shovels Mm -hmm. um, that they're, you know, pushing down in and then and and tossing um that movement and so you understood that they're being used as shovels she used a sheet um she she ends up giving birth to a child and and has to give it away and she uses a sheet so it's rolled up underneath her dress and as she's giving birth the the sheet is getting pulled out and then rolled up and kind of wrapped up like in the shape of a baby Mm -hmm. Uh, like that kind of usage of, of, yeah. of thing. It was just Very really, really and... incredible and ingenious. And, um, uh, it was just, it was absolutely, the singing in it was just absolutely overwhelming and really, really powerful. So that was one, uh, I saw Wicked on Broadway, um, uh, which was, was definitely memorable. <laughs> Um, <laughs> is that as good as everybody says it is? Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. My it's wife fantastic. loves that. Yeah. She's seen it multiple times. Yeah. Um, we, uh, we were invited down to go see George Hearn, who was a friend of ours who lives up in this area. And he had to fill in for Joel Gray as, um, as the wizard. And so we went to go, uh, on Broadway? Go, yeah. Oh, and wow. so we went to go see him. And afterwards he was like giving us a little mini tour backstage and stuff. And, uh, you know, you see the Broadway stars like literally passing you in the hallway and you're just like, hi, hi. <laughs> and then he took us out the, uh, to go out the, the, um, the actor's door to, you know, leave the theater. Uh, we crossed the stage. We walked across the stage. Oh, that's cool. And I literally stood there and I was like, I need to sing a song so that I could say that I sang on Broadway. And my brain went blank. And I was like, uh, Mary birthday. had a little lamb. <laughs> so I sang on Broadway. <laughs> well, I didn't know we had a Broadway singer. This is great. <laughs> my brain went because I was so overwhelmed at looking out into that audience um, I mean, was, obviously it was, it was empty, theater? but because a lot of them are small, right? Oh no, this was huge. Really? I can't remember which theater it was in. Because some of them, like I know you can go in, is like pretty intimate. Like there's only. Like... Oh yeah, yeah. No, this was this was a pretty big one with a couple of balconies, and and uh, it was just it was so big, and I was just kind of it caught my breath, and I wanted to sing something, but <laughs> I couldn't. Um, and then we like walked out the the stage door, and there were people there like shoving programs into my hand to quick, sign right? i did sing and i was like i mean <laughs> imagine if you just like want to flip to the back and sign for someone's <laughs> name but i'm i am not gonna say that there might be a couple of programs on this planet with my name on i'm not gonna say that I at all signed it, like sharpie sure <laughs> why'd you sign it with a g ah it's all right um but uh but yeah wicked was was pretty awesome and um I went and saw a Cabaret with uh, Emma Stone. Okay, yeah. And um, anytime I hear Emma Stone, I always just think Jules from Superbad. <laughs> See, I always think girl, of right? Easy A. Is it the same girl? Red-haired girl? Easy A, yeah. Okay. Have you ever seen Easy A? 
No, oh, but man, she, that movie is hilarious. When she first came out, her first role was Jules and Superbad, which is one of my all-time favorite oh, no like, comedies. She, I like Seth Rogen or not Seth Rogen. Oh, Seth Rogen's in it. Yeah, but uh, Jonah Hill. Okay. When he came out, he was, uh, you know, um, Fogel and yeah. uh, McLovin. That whole like. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Super bad. Yeah. She was Jules, and like, that's one of the most quoted. <laughs> that's one of the most quoted movies in my house. Maybe my wife put that oh, all I'm the sure. time. But yeah. <laughs> so every time I think of her, I always think of just Jules from Super Bad. Even though I know she's been in a lot of stuff since. Right, right. Her breakthrough role. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <yeah. laughs> So she, she was That's playing. What made she, it right. she was in which one? Ca- cabaret. She was in cabaret. Okay. Um, and uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, my wife saw one on, on Broadway. I don't know what it was. Hugh Jackman and uh, Daniel Craig were in it. It was a two-man play. It was just the two of them, and I don't know what it was called. Um, she, I don't remember the name of it, but I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, it was, um, it was just two, which I thought would be kind of cool. Like that would be. I mean. I kind of wish I could have saw that because those are great actors. Yeah. And just, just like watch those two guys like perform on a yeah, stage. I'm yeah. sure it was pretty cool. Oh, I'm sure. Um, Something Rotten was the other one that I, that I, the professional ones that I've seen. Um, Is there like a choreographer you take a lot of inspiration from? Um, There's, there's ones that I admire as far as like inspiration. I am not at the level that they are. <laughs> so I can't do what they do, but there's definitely, um, but you can draw like from their style or kind of like little nuanced things that they do. Like I kind of like I could I could strip that down to like you know a, a community theater level. Yeah, there's um, there's definitely been like routines that I've seen where they'll do a certain kind of lift, and I'll be like, "Ooh, I need to incorporate that somewhere." And then I'll be working on a show, and I have to have a couple do a lift, and I'll you know like I'll, I'll I definitely pull stuff like that uh, or little combinations and stuff. I I love doing that. Um, but, uh, I did get to see, um, Derek Hoff is, is one of my favorites and I got to see him on tour in Pennsylvania. He's a dancer, right? Yes. He's uh, him and his sister dancers. Yes. Okay. I'm thinking the right one. Yes. Yes. Uh, he's fantastic. Oh my gosh. Was he in a play or just dancing? No, he he was just dancing. Yeah. It was was dance routine after dance routine after dance routine. Yeah. Um, Talk about people that could just like move like so fluid. Oh my gosh. He just looks like he's like, like a little eel. He he is. He is. He just morphs into anything. Um, he's just fantastic. And so I got to see him, um, perform. I'm trying to think of other. What about cats? What's your feeling of cats? (laughs) Is that a bad play? I always joke around when cats people like. Cats makes my eyebrow twitch. I, like, every, I, time I, every time I, I remember back in the day, I'm like, let's just do cats. Like, <laughs> like I don't know if it's good. I remember seeing it on video years and years and years ago when I was a kid. Not enough to remember it, <laughs> but I just remember it was like everybody was like in spandex and like yeah. fur, and and then yeah. I saw it was on. They, didn't they just make a play of it or an actual movie a couple years ago? Yes. Like people were like it was actual. I think I like, didn't watch. Theater. No, I'm like. <laughs> I always say cats kind of like tongue in cheek. Like I don't know if it's actually like a legit. I mean, it's been on forever. Like with with in in my you know circle um, of, of theater I friends. Hate, I mean, full when disclosure, they're like I hate suggesting cats. Like, shows to do, it's kind of a joke when somebody goes, "We cats. should just do cats," and yes. everybody laughs. Like yes. it's a it's kind of one of those. Uh, I'm not a fan of cats. I don't even know what it's all. about. I just don't like cats. Like I physically don't like the animal cats. They make me they sneeze. I'm allergic. But I know that. I, see, like, it, I know that. It, yeah. <laughs> So like cats, I know that cats, it's ugh. based off of uh, um, T.S. Eliot poems, but 
I've seen like clips of the choreography, which is really impressive um, as dancing. Uh, I'm trying really Spandex hard to be nice tail. right now. Like, did, I, did you ever watch, <laughs> Do you watch The Office? I am in love with The Office. Okay, me, me too, which yeah. is why you got Michael Scott over your shoulder. But yes. the, uh, the, uh, when Andy dresses up for Halloween, there's one of the guys from Cats. Oh my God. And he like starts grabbing his tail. <laughs> Anytime I see it, I just think of like Andy dressed as the cat character. I'm like, oh my God. Like, I forgot what he said. There's some line too. He goes, who do you think I am? I don't know if it was like a cat. And then he goes, I was going for a cat or something oh like that. Oh my gosh. But, yes, the cat's definitely not a favorite. Okay, I just wanted to verify because I'm like, in my head, it's just kind of like, it's it just doesn't seem like a very impressive play. It probably is. I know it was a it, very it long is. running show, but it is in its own right, and especially when it was when it was first, you know, put up on stage, like it, it's earned its place. It's just not something I that called cats, to, <laughs> I think to cats my is heart. Kind of like. If you're sitting at like the dinner table and you have like that old aunt that's just like still sitting at the dinner table and you're just kind of like, dude, she's like, she's outgrown the meal. Like she, she can't hear, she can't see. She's just kind of like there. I'm like, that's like cats. It's like, I, I get it. Longevity. You're probably in the hall of fame, but let's just like, let's just put you up on the shelf and let's, yeah. let's get wicked in there or something. Yeah. Yeah. Cat, cats is a, I don't know. I don't know. I, I probably should watch it to see if they're actually a storyline, but then I'm like, yeah, I could probably save myself two and a half hours and just, yeah, like, that, just that, chalk it up as it's probably not a good play. Go golfing. Yeah. <laughs> That's, go golfing instead. You'll 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 be happier. <laughs> maybe, maybe. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of curse words on the golf course. <laughs> sometimes our games aren't great, but um, Jackie, wrap it up there. <laughs> Should probably get a better thing. Topic. Da, 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 da. Cats, <laughs> cats, cats, cats you out, folks. Um, no, I, th- I like I said, I, 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 uh, I'm not a big fan of cats. I, I don't know. There's a lot better plays than cats. There's so cats, many. Cats like stump me. Like I don't know if there's anything I can get off of cats now. There's so many. The, so many, so many good ones. Yeah, cats is not up there. That's not on there anymore. Nope. Does cats make your top like hundred? As far as like favorite plays, if you had to like jot down plays, you think you'd find a hundred plays better than cats? Yes. Okay. Two hundred. <laughs> like what's the number? Where's um, cats yes. on the ranking? Uh, oh gosh. Uh, I mean, like there's a lot of plays, but you're probably like. I've done plays at Clinton that like some local person design that was better than cats. I mean, someone's going like, cut- but see, this is what I want to say though. It's not that it would necessarily be better. Cats is one of those shows that only certain people can appreciate. Cat people. And <laughs> there's, they're a different breed. It's okay. We know that cat people are their own crowd. I got friends that are cat people and I'm like, they'll send me a Snapchat of the cat and I'll be like, don't send me a picture of your cat. I don't want to I don't care. I, like I get it, their their felines are in the they're on the planet. They take their space. They're not just. I th- I think cats are cute, but I am one hundred percent a dog person. Yeah, yeah, dogs. You know? do- wait, yeah, no. yeah. I, cats got their place, just not on this podcast. No, so yeah, and, not, and should not be on the stage. But um, Jackie, we're gonna we'll wrap it up there. We'll leave it on the we'll leave off on the cats. There's, okay, <laughs> let's leave the cats alone. That maybe maybe we'll edit the cat part. Well, out. Let's we'll edit like, the cats. They don't even deserve a place on this low budget podcast. So, um, but Jackie, I appreciate you coming on. This was a lot of fun. Oh, of course. Um, Thank like, you for having me. I like picking your brain on stuff too. Cause like I've obviously watched you do a lot of plays and a lot of like choreography and it's always just stuff. I'm curious. Like I like learning about stuff. So I'm like, I don't know. How does it work? Like, like, <laughs> let's open up her mind. If you know, we, we opened like Pandora's box. Oh and just, gosh. Like, spilled out all the stuff. That's such so, a scary thing. <laughs> it's good. I think when you wrote on the email, you, uh, when we were asking you to come on it, 
I don't even know what you said. Something about craziness or silliness or just like ridiculousness. Ridiculousness. <laughs> We're like, yeah, bring it on. We want it all. We want it all. So, um, Jackie, I appreciate you coming on. Um, was this your first podcast? No. Okay. Uh, I, I think this is my third. Oh, geez. I was going to say, you look rolled in. You like popped in, put the headphones on, put the mic up. I'm like, she's got it. I didn't, I didn't even give you a prep, so you were great. So, um, we'll wrap it up there. Um, Jackie, Roberton, um, Miss Italy. Um, <laughs> this is episode 153 of the Galen Trombley Show. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling, G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.